You are warmly welcome to listen to WDBE Talks, the podcast for world of digital built environment. Let's start the journey to a sustainable urban future together by unlocking urban supersensing. Hello and welcome to this episode of WDBE Talks. My name is Jack Geary and my guest is Jeff Schumacher, Microsoft's real estate and security regional lead for Dublin, Ireland. Our topic of conversation, this year's theme of urban supersensing and the importance of human-led data. So Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about your career to date and your history with the company? Yeah, um, so I've been with Microsoft for 17 years. I've been in the real estate side of the business for Oh gosh, about 12 at this point. Prior to that, I worked in uh, the sales operations side of our business. But at that time, the you know the way that Microsoft ran the sales team operated and, and ran their real estate, which is what I did. So I don't have a technical background, um, but I have been you know through the engagement and through everything, and you know obviously working for Microsoft, you get exposure to a ton of stuff, and you have an opportunity to work on a lot of things. So it's been fantastic because you can see the evolution. If I think back 17 years ago of how and how things were done and what it how it worked and all those types of things to where we are today and the utilization of systems and data to to really help us drive decision making and make smart decisions was is to me super interesting and super impactful. This year's theme is urban super sensing. Uh, what does that mean to you? If if you think about where the world is right now, right? Everybody went home pretty much, not everybody, but a lot of people. And at least like majority of the people who work in say the, what I would call the the office environments of the world, uh, majority of those folks went home. If you think about, I mean, just not even that long ago, like how much capability there is today to understand what is happening around us based on the utilization of technology via sensoring, AI, all of those things to really understand what is happening in real time. And so it, I, I think about that as the ability for us to make you know good, sound decisions based on how people live, act, not based on you know theoretical you know, using survey or metrics or things of that nature, you can really get a good sense of what's happening. On top of that, you can also understand impacts. So if I think about things like climate change, you know, what is the impact of all these? Like I can, I can have a really good understanding of real world impact, you know, okay, how do we pivot from, you know, A to B to get to a better result for not just all the people who are utilizing our spaces, but for the planet. And so there's just a lot of capability and it just keeps getting more and more powerful, you know, from an urban, urban super sensing perspective, you know, the more that we can use technology to understand who we are as people and how we do what we do across our lives, the more impact we can have on and the more effective we can be at, at delivering good outcomes in the end. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the words real-time and security. Uh, does sensor tech overlap with physical security and cybersecurity? Yeah, I mean, I think it does. I think it's an interesting space when you think about the physical side of it because there are a lot of technologies out there that are super powerful. They're also super invasive. And 
it's the balance of understanding people's privacy while at the same time understanding the need to keep things um, secure. On the cybersecurity side, you know, there's a lot out there and, and everybody's got to make sure that, you know, the infrastructure that they're putting in is safe and secure. You know, we've everybody's seen the different demonstrations of how things can be taken down or things can be accessed just via simple, you know, what what probably people would deem as, oh, this is low risk. It's just a, a network device. And all of a sudden, that's the way that somebody gets access to you know, a system and then is able to kind of do nef- nef- nefarious stuff. So it's just that whatever you're putting on to networks is secure. It has mm-hmm. the, the level of security you need, you know, and, and that aspect of it has become just ultra important because the, the risk is just too high, mm-hmm. um, especially as you start to take systems that was, were historically analog and you start to network them, you know, lots of bad can happen quickly when you have whole city, state, country systems controllable remotely from a desk. Jeff, you were also involved with the One Microsoft Court and the One Microsoft Place projects. Can you maybe speak to those and any recent issues you've encountered dealing with the fallout uh, that surrounded the COVID-19 pandemic? Uh, so actually, one Microsoft Court one fit out of the year in 2020. So we built it during the pandemic. Um, you know, in both cases, these buildings are you know they're state of the art. But ultimately, it's 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 aligning kind of the what we would like our customers, partners, employees to experience to the evolving nature of what's happening in the world. You know, and if, if you look at one Microsoft place, you don't build a 350, 400,000 square foot or building in, you know, a year. You build it in three years. And in three years, lots of things can change. So it's being adaptive. I think that's probably the one of the hardest things is you start off with, you know, an intent and it's like a direction. And then it's how do you adapt through the process? Because the world doesn't stop spinning. So you have to be able to do that. You know, one Microsoft court is the the space. Um, the other, we have two buildings primarily on our campus here in Ireland. The reality there is that's that was a 15-year-old building that we took back. And, you know, there's a sustainability story there. So we didn't go out and just build a new building. We took an existing building and then we refit it. And we've refit it to meet the needs of our engineering community, which is different from, say, you know, our office worker kind of community or our sales community. So... You know, the biggest, the biggest difficulty really was COVID and the starts and stops and the social distancing and all that stuff. It made it hard to get stuff done and took longer, but all in, um, both have been hugely successful for Microsoft and have kind of, you know, really, I think, demonstrated our leadership and in, in kind of thinking about, you know, just how we deliver physical space for people. So how does a physical space impact on productivity um, and what elements do you believe are essential? Yeah, I think you have to think of the whole thing, right? So you think about it in the sense of people come to work to do a couple of things. They come to work to work, you know, to do work, but they also come to socialize and to meet people and to collaborate. And so you want to create an environment that allow, allows all those things to happen. So you want to create shared spaces so that people can, you know, they, we like to have environments that are comfortable, ergonomic, do all those things. 
but at the same time, have enough places for people to get behind doors and to, to utilize, in this case, to utilize technology to understand what people are using and what they're not. But it's also about the experience. So it's creating amenities and adapting those amenities to people. So like if I think about one Microsoft place, one Microsoft court, we have things like yoga boxes and gyms and music rooms and prayer rooms. So in sleep pods and all these things that just give people the ability to either step away, to enjoy themselves, to, to come together with their teammates or friends to, you know, because if you think about it outside of your family, Work is like your second family. They're mm-hmm. like the people you spend a huge amount of time with. And so creating an environment that makes that fun and enjoyable outside of the work that you do is, I think, important as well. So creating an environment that makes people want to come together. We know when we ask people, why, why do you want to come back to the office? Like the top two responses are, I want to collaborate with my coworkers and I want to socialize. It's like those two, and then you drop like 50 points, and then it's like the ergonomics of the desk or the food or whatever. It's those two. People want to interact with people, bottom line. We're social beings, and we like to, you know, generally speaking, people like to engage with other people. And do sensors play a role in understanding engagement? 100%. So, you know, if you think about like full building utilization kind of environments where I know that in this floor, this setup of space that 17% of the time it's utilized and 83% of the time nobody touches it. Mm-hmm. What does that tell me? That tells me that there's a unique subset of people who actually like it and the majority of the people don't. So the question I have to ask myself is, do I always align to the bigger group or do I sometimes align to meet the needs of that smaller niche? Because maybe they have a need that isn't borne out by the bigger group. So it's balancing all that. So maybe instead of having that in a building like one Microsoft place a hundred times, maybe I have it five times. I'll give them the access. It'll get more, you know, still give them the access to that kind of space, whatever it is. But at the same time, you repurposing some of the other space to do other things. So, you know, technology plays a huge role in helping us understand how we evolve our space and mm-hmm. and then how we make determinations on what is working and what isn't it becomes like super important to then ultimately the overall productivity productivity of the teams the bottom line is we see more engagement and more activity and more productivity in spaces that are inspirational and motivational than we do in spaces that aren't. And thus the reason we have things like design language and stuff like that, that we, we design our spaces to a particular level because we know and that it delivers results for us as a company. And do you see that as important with the discussion we're having about hybridized work and returning to the office post COVID? When we think about it, we, the position is, is let's let people come back and then let's see how they vote with their feet almost, right? Like in a lot of cases, people have been out of offices for a year and a half. I mean, think about that a year and a half. That's a long time. And it's probably going to be more like by the time they come back, it's going to be almost a year and three quarters, close to two years. So 
understanding that you're going to have different behavior patterns. We want to see what those are, and then we want to adapt to them. We, we do what we don't want to do and what is at risk. And what I think we saw a lot of early was people making assumptions, like people assume things. And, and the result of that is sometimes you get it right. A lot of times you don't. And so, you know, by you letting, letting data help us understand what is actually happening will help us make better decisions and also stand behind our decisions. You know, we don't need X amount of deaths, but what we do need is 30% more collaboration space or 20% more meeting space that's configured in a different fashion. It's those types of things that give us the ability to pivot. You know, like if you ask me, if you were to say, hey, Jeff, do you think that because of hybrid workplace that your real estate portfolio will get smaller? And, And my sense is no, it'll adapt to what the new needs of the business are. You know, I think you'll probably see more collaborative space. And then, you know, as you start to think about things like whole life design, you know, you'll start to design in more features as well, that, that amenities and things like that, that really delight and give people the ability to do lots of things when they come into the office. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the biggest game changer that you've seen that you think we're going to be addressing next? It's the impact of the vaccine. The game changer is that when people are vaccinated, they feel more comfortable engaging with other people closely that are outside of their bubble. You know, let's be, we're still work from home in Ireland. So we're not there yet in that sense. And across, like if I look across the the regions that I manage for Microsoft, really the UK is the only place where moving rapidly back towards what I'll call like a sense of a new normal. You know, there's, there's a, it's, it's about a comfort level to make sure that people understand that we've taken a ton of time to prepare and, are supportive of, of their needs. The space is ready from that perspective. And then we'll utilize technology to see how they react. And then from that, we'll pivot based on the data. You know, we're a data company. We rely on data to make decisions. So when it comes to decision-making, are there any advancements in collection and analysis that you're excited about or trends you plan to benefit from? I think ultimately what we're seeing more and more and more and more, and it continues to evolve, 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 and get smarter and smarter and smarter. And, and the key thing is, is a lot of the like people counting type of stuff is really, you know, for us from a building perspective is really great. And the more that it anonymous, it can get, but the more accurate it can get. So ultimately there's some really great technology, but the problem is, is, from a privacy perspective, it's there's too much risk of somebody knowing who somebody is and how they're doing and following them and tracking them. It's the anonymity portion of it, the advancements in the accuracy and the detail, but with anonymity is really like interesting. And like we talk to a lot of people a lot of time and you can see that evolution happening. You know, it's interesting because if you go back, like you don't have to go back that far to most of the systems in a building were analog. They weren't super connected. Some of them were, but, and, and now it's all connected. You know, smart building systems to manage our buildings. We're using BIM models to design and build our building. We're using it for full building life cycle, you know, creating wayfinding. We're like, there's so much, there's so much good in all that stuff to create 
an equitable playing field for, for a lot of people. It's, I think, some of those technologies that will level um, and create like kind of these accessible environments are like some of the technologies that I think will really like take off because the reality is, is, you know, you have to build and you have to deliver spaces for everybody. And that's our principled approach. Everything you need to make it not just good for like me, but good for anybody. And so that's, you know, one of the things I think there's a ton of technology that's, you know, evolving that enables that and really creates an environment that is equitable for everybody. You know, the, the one thing about everybody going home, we're all in these boxes and we're all the same size and we all, you know, are as good as our ability to utilize the technology. When we come back to the office, you get back in some instances to the old way, which is people in the room are first, people not in the room are second. But then how do you how do you pivot that? And those are some of the big questions that, you know, we would be looking to how do we keep that that equity and keep it equitable across the team so that the people who aren't present or aren't are as equal or able to participate and engage as the people who are in the room. Jeff Schumacher, thank you so much for your time. Um, and finally, can we just get a hint of what you're going to be covering in your keynote speech at WDBE 2021? There is a tendency with technology and data to look at the hard kind of results. But part of it is, is, is how are we using some of these technologies and with people who maybe struggle with two-dimensional understanding. The ability to put people in things, like it's not just about the data, it's about the, what the data does for us. That's great, Jeff. Thanks again so much. Um, take care. Thanks for listening. Join us at wdbe.org. Boom, 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 boom.